Hello, Oasis. We are back. Episode seven. Episode seven. Sponsored. Yeah. yeah. What? By McDonald's Diet Coke. I disagree. <laughs> you don't Sponsor, like? Sponsored by Oasis. Yeah. Sponsored. Yeah, that is true. Sponsored by Grace Point. Yeah. Sponsored by Gra- sponsored by the people of Grace Point by Grace Point by Oasis by McDonald's Diet Coke. And you and the McDonald's Diet Coke. Well, it has to be in there, right? Yeah. They're the ones fueling me with energy to be able to. <laughs> Not uh, the Holy Spirit. No, McDonald's no. Coke. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, <laughs> well, well, the Spirit. gets smoked, son. The Spirit is probably somewhere in the process of diet. Like, it's so good. Right? It has to be somewhere. Like, the Lord had to have created it in his goodness. I mean, they have the best formula. Literally. It's, Someone I, had to inspire the creator of McDonald's Diet Coke. Absolutely. I agree. See? Image of God. Right we, back to We got there. <laughs> we got there. All right. Well, I have a question for you guys. What is your favorite thing to do that is free or mostly free? My first gut reaction is definitely sleep. But I don't know if that's what we're looking for in this. Right? Like if I have a free free time, like taking a nap is there, there's not much that beats that. Then just kick back on the couch. Always two blankets. I don't <laughs> two know. Two blankets? Yeah, dude. One for the bottom half and one for the top half. Oh my. Just get a bigger blanket. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, what Ali always says too. But there's something about the two blankets no. that it's just like you're cocooned a little bit. Nope. And uh, That is just not it. So if I have free time, I got nothing to do, and I don't want to spend any money getting just like just got back from Mexico, the best nap I took just <sighs> – you know, yeah. middle of the day. No, 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 oh. not even when I got home. Just middle of the day. You know, you've been by the pool all day. You're like, I'm going to go hit the AC. Just get like a quick 30-minute nap in. Unbelievable. I can't nap. Well, missing out, man. Best free free activity. <laughs> I'll say hanging out with my wife. Okay. I'd like to take that. <laughs> hanging out with the people I love. Yeah, those are good too. I like that. Those are free. Sometimes, yeah. I'm trying to think of an activity that has nothing to do with relationships or time that's free that I like to do. I can't disc golf, disc golf. but you that's like not free. Golf. But you got to buy discs, man. Yeah, that's true. Nothing is free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even when you think about it, right, we can really get this nitty gritty. And right when I'm taking a nap, I could be working, the so time. I could be. So the time is money, and so really, money it's not even time. free. Minimum wage is seven twenty-five <laughs> per hour. So I mean, an hour nap, you've just lost. Dude, you lost eight bucks. Right, we just at McDonald's, no. right? Shout out, Actually, sixteen dollars an hour. Yeah. I could have made 16 bucks, but instead I took a nap. Yeah. Where's my hustle? Where's my grind? Sometimes you got to learn some things. <laughs> All right. Emily, what's yours? These are, <laughs> we're joking too, by the way. Uh, man, I enjoy running, but the more you start running and once you actually get into it, you're like, oh my goodness, you actually have to buy good shoes. You need clothes. Running shoes are it, ridiculous. It doubles your laundry, if not triples it. Yeah. So all that Tide, oh my gosh, Tide <laughs> is expensive. <laughs> You got to get on some off-brand laundry stuff. I know. I'm using the Walmart brand right now. So let me know if my clothes don't. stink. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. My wife always buys laundry detergent without scents in it. And so then I feel like I've lost the joy of laundry. <laughs> she got rid of our dryer sheets. And now we have like these wool balls and mm-hmm. it's like clear. We went through that stage once. Dude, it's so sad. It's like you wash all your clothes and you just pull them out and they just smell normal. <laughs> And I, I miss it. You are missing out. I miss I miss the linens. You guys set. use fabric softener? No. That's what you're missing out on. Okay. Yeah. Get rid of the wool balls. Use fabric softener. Okay. 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 I'll give it a try, maybe. Yep. Hey, let's our, get into this. Are we our gonna, topic yeah. for today, <laughs> on that note, you need to bring us in. <laughs> is generosity, and we're we're looking at generosity into three parts. So it's not all about our money today. It's also about how we use our time and how we use the gifts that God has given us. But when we think about who we are and where we are, we're college students, young adults. In 
low paying jobs, part time jobs, just entering the workforce or maybe just trying to even pay our bills. And so it feels like we might not have the time or the resources to be generous. And we just want to break down what generosity is and how we can be generous with the little things that we have today. So starting first, like what has to be the foundation of our generosity? Yeah, I'm going to take it back to the conversation we have of image of God. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about that, we're looking at ourselves as reflections of God, and God is a generous God, Mm -hmm. right? When we start to look at who God is, you cannot get through any chunk of Scripture without seeing His generosity, Mm -hmm. that He has given an abundance, and He has called us to return to the abundance, which He, like, it starts in Him. Right. If if he wasn't generous, then there would be. I mean, it would be fruitless to be for generous. Like gen- selfishness would reign. Mm-hmm. But our God in generosity has called us to follow Him and to be like Him. And so it starts in that's who God is at the core. Of who He is, He's generous. I, I like I like that because it's a willingness to give above what is expected mm, for sure. Right, and so automatically you go to immediately what God has done for us. So it's God modeled this. And his model generosity ultimately through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then so many more ways if yeah. you really sat and just thought about it. And then I like to think this idea of like, okay, God's in Genesis for me. There's a call within that to give not just above but even joyfully. And that's a heart work that the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit does within us. That which has been given to me. So for the sake of others and the glory of God. Yeah. So there has to be a love of God, a love of others. And then also there's this reality too where I think we'll eventually hit this and talk about it a little bit more that your motive for generosity is way more important than your method. And you yeah, hit that. It's like good. method is great. Figure it out. Sure. But like the motive of why you do what you do in general has to, has to be prayed through, surrendered, all that, which is gets back to again, love for God, love for, love for others. And it's like, am I here for me or am I here for Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe our second question to this is so, okay, it's, that's how generosity starts, but then why should we be generous? Yeah. I, I mean, it flows right from it in the fact of like God has called you to be generous. He's he's, and and he's demanded it of us, right? It's, he's not left it as an option. It is a command of him to be generous. And Jesus, when he says the the one who loves me in John fourteen, he says, "Will do my commands." And one of Jesus's commands is to come not to be served but to serve. And serving looks different whether it's money or time or talents or just your heart and your emotion, right? Some of the way we can serve people is just giving them our affection. Right? If you actually start to love people, that's an act of generosity because we are finite people. And so love takes time and attention and, and focus and, and it takes all of that. And so to give your love to the stranger in the grocery store is going to cost you something. And to give your love to your family, it's going to cost you. And to get, it's, it's going to cost you. You have to be generous to follow the way of Jesus. And it starts in your heart, like Ben's been saying. And it flows from the Spirit's work in you because we can't tap into a source of un, we can't tap into a source of love if we don't have a source of love. And so you have to be connected to the Father who is love, like First John tells us. It's it's a command. Yeah. There's no way to do the Jesus walk without generosity. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think that one of the lies we believe about generosity is that we can't really make a difference, mm. and so we have this assumption that I just don't have enough which goes into so many implications of I don't have enough. I can't really make a difference where in reality it's like what you have has been given. Mm -hmm. And then the other side, like God will equip you and give you that in which he's called you to do. Not, we talk about that a lot in ministry and service, but in whether it's our, our time, Mm -hmm. he's given you the time and will equip you and give you the time you need to to have to do the thing he's called you to do. Mm -hmm. Whether it's money, he, it just, he equips that. And so, there's nothing that is just too small that you can use or have to be generous with. Mm. Nothing. And what's awesome is 
I mean, we're really talking about stewardship. Yeah. It's again, everything you have, you have, you've been given. And so there's aspects of surrender that needs to be talked through and, and what that looks like. But I think it's, can I recognize the lie that I think we all tend to believe of, I just can't make a difference or I just don't have enough and go back to you know, like, actually God has provided all yeah. that I need and will equip me to do what he's called me to do. Mm-hmm. And so just, there's nothing you have that's too small Yeah, and that's beautiful. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not blind to what you have. Yeah. He provided for you and he can do the work of multiplication. Yeah. You just do the work of obedience. Yeah, that's so good. But let's dive in here. Let's kind of break down the three ways that we can be generous. So starting first, what does it mean to be generous with the time that we have? I well, no, I'll just I want to say is I had this conversation with a, with our our lead pastor here at church, uh, Aaron, and there's times I think all of us run into this reality of like I just don't have enough time in the day to do things, and a lot of that that I found for myself is because. I have filled my my the schedule with things in which I maybe shouldn't be doing because the reality is like we don't get more time than we've been given, no. right? Like time in a day was given by God. When you think about time, yeah. it's freaky. Time never stops. It's a man-made contract. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it never stops though. It never stops. So like, when you, when you, sit there, awesome like, you can sit there and you can watch a clock <laughs> spin and spin and spin and like, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes when I get thinking about time, I get like a little bit. This is like, one of your head ooh, things that you get weird about. I get weird about yep. it. Right? That, feels, like, that feels right. Yeah. But if, if time is given by God, that means that I've actually already, before the day has started or before my week has started, have been given enough time to do what he's called me to do. The problem is I haven't maybe done the heart work or the surrender work to be like, oh, have I said yes and no to the right things in my rhythm and my schedule? But we've, we, like, it's crazy actually. No, we actually have enough time. Yeah. We've been given enough time to do that which God's called us to do. Yeah. It just takes a lot of work to maybe surrender and figure out what do I, what should I have or do I need to say yes or no to. So even with time, like generosity with my time and with others, if I'm going to be generous with my time with other people, starts with being generous with God. And I think a part of that is like, yes, yeah, spending time with God, but also in the midst of that, what are you doing in the time with him? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's praise. It's all the things about prayer, the 1,700 different ways you can pray, yep. which are all amazing. But one of those when it comes to generosity is surrendering your time and schedule. What does it look like? Like literally just every aspect of it. Yeah. What? How have you given it to God yeah. and allow him to lead and fill your schedule? Yeah. And, and I would say, I think time is both the easiest and the hardest of the things yeah. we'll talk about. Yeah. And it's the easiest probably because of the way we abuse it. Yeah. It comes and goes so, so, so flippantly. Yeah. We make decisions about time. Like you set an alarm, you just set an alarm. You make up, you decide what you're going to do for the day. You drive to that place, you do that thing, right? It's just time is happening. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have a grasp on it. So we just lose it. Yeah. And so when someone asks you for a moment of your time or you're called to give mm-hmm. some of that time, sometimes it's the easiest because we just have a propensity to say yes and to add in and to squeeze and to rearrange and to try to make everything work. Yet it is also the most difficult because it's hardest to rein in yep. once you've set up this precedent that, you don't have control of your time because then you have to start to say no and saying no is hard and saying no lets you allows you to say Mm -hmm. yes to what is actually important just like you were talking about and and where you get that discernment to be able to know what to say yes to and what to say no to has to come from a rooted place of time in in the presence of god and so in that we're talking about generosity with time like you need to spend time with God first in order to be able to be generous in your time with others. Um, something that you talked about before we started, just the idea of like when you're actually now with people and spending the time with people, like how are you intentionally using that time? Yes, in generosity. So there is aspects of asking intentional questions. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. In that, so like 
how do you not kill yourself when you feel like, man, I just spent an hour with this person, but it's ex- I felt like it was a waste of time, mm-hmm. but they didn't experience a waste of time. Mm-hmm. How do you know when you're in being intentional in those moments of whether it's ministry or just meeting with people or hanging out with friends? Because it can, and not judge yourself for like, oh, I just didn't do enough or it wasn't right enough. And yet maybe it was the exact thing. How do you discern those things? How have you come to a spot of like kind of just surrendering what was there and yeah. allowing the space to be and time be what it needed to be for the moment? Mm-hmm. What do you if think? that makes sense? I think one of the questions I ask myself when I leave those spaces is, was I obedient to what God was doing in the space? And I think there are times when God's very clear of like, these are the things you should ask mm-hmm. and what you should talk about. Yeah. And sometimes... I'm just there (laughs) and and it's fine. But if I leave knowing that I was obedient, then I rest and knowing that God's doing what he needs to do. Perfect. So good. And part of it I think is leaving with the hope that you were obedient sometimes Mm -hmm. for me, Hmm. because there's times that I have clarity, just like you said, where I walked away and I said, I think, I think that was helpful and fruitful. And there's times that I don't yet. I still have hope that I was, I knew I tried to be obedient. And I think God, when we're looking at it, he cares about motive, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed that question. Maybe I didn't answer that the way they wanted. Maybe I forgot about this passage I knew or whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Like, but I, I tried. I did my best to lean into the spirit yeah. and be present in that moment. And I, I try to find faith in that, that God will use my worst to glorify him. He'll use my weakness and my inability. So, yeah, I, it is. No, the other thing I was thinking about was uh, I, I'm always blown away at Mark 1. It's probably one of my favorite passages of text, and I love the way it ends. Jesus does this just immaculate amount of ministry in his, honestly, his first day. And he has this moment where he retreats, right, at the end of the day, and he goes and he spends the next morning with his father, heavenly father, right? And it says he got up very early in the morning, he starts to pray. And then they come to him, and then when they find him, they say, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. They want you to continue to do what you did yesterday. And Jesus says, no, I must go. I need to go to the new place in the new town to reach all peoples, for that is why I came. And when I sit on that passage, when you really think about it, Jesus, in his wisdom he he knew his time was finite he knew every single moment he would spend doing ministry he waited 30 years right he was faithful to that he knew i don't know exactly if he knew it was exactly three years on the button or around that time but he knew it wasn't going to be forever he knew he had finite amount of time and so every moment he chose to spend was intentional and he gets into the father's presence and he leaves knowing exactly what he should do with his time and so there's other people who come and they ask him for something that goes against what god had just spoken to him and it would have been really easy to say yes to the people mm-hmm. and keep doing That's the good, good works. Yeah. But generosity looked like saying no so that he could live in mm-hmm. true generosity of what would glorify the Father. Yeah. And that is a passage of text where I'm like, man, have I done that work to be with the Father, to be affirmed in what it looks like for me to be generous today? Yeah. Because everybody else wants some of my time, mm-hmm. and they have ideas of what it looks like for me to be generous. But I've I discerned from the Father what it looks like to walk that That's out. Because it doesn't feel like my time is finite but it is. And that's when you get into like, right? Your days are numbered. Your life is but a, va- a vapor and you get into all that. And it's like, I don't think that should scare us, but it should give us urgency. And I think it should change the way we use our generous generosity in time. That's good. Maybe one more question on this. When we're thinking about being generous with our time, how do we navigate the pendulum of like going to the far extreme of saying yes to every yeah. single opportunity to be generous with someone? Versus the other extreme of becoming a turtle and mm-hmm. hiding in your shell and never seeing someone for like months and months and months on end. Mm-hmm. How do we kind of come to the middle where we can say yes and no? Yeah. I think I'll have to join. 
I think honestly for me, it was based on learning from experience of, I thought I was saying no enough and I wasn't. Mm. And I think that it's easier to do with the people who request a lot for me Yeah, of to know like, yep, I, this is a moment in time to say no. And so it's, it's a discerning of what do they actually need and pointing them in the right direction. But I had to learn through getting burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just how I learned. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I don't know like what's the practical thing you can do right now to know. Cause honestly it changed in different seasons. I have more time now than I did three years ago. I just, from a, from a being able to meet with people from a time perspective of like, I get random other things done. I can add maybe something that's, that wasn't already scheduled to, cause there's a little bit more free time in my day to day life yeah. now than there was three years ago. But then there, it's still a discerning of mm-hmm. what can I, can I do? And it's just, for me, it's been experience, which is probably isn't helpful. <laughs> Life doesn't have a speedometer in the sense of you don't know what your limit is, right? You won't know it until you touch it. And so part of that is I love the movement that's probably happened in the last five years where it comes out with the ruthless elimination of hurry, the avoidance of burnout, this conversation and the language increase of burnout topics. Yet, like, I think that's all practical and good help, but I I feel it can push people towards that selfishness of time and it can regress them in the way that they start to actually pursue Jesus and in fear of touching burnout, and I'm not encouraging it. I think it's definitely something to be aware of. And when you live a, vi- a life that's evaluated, you'll know it when you touch it. But you you have to continue to be generous mm-hmm. and kind of find that limit yeah. for yourself. Yep. You have to. T- I hope I hope the 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 experience is touch burnout, not live there. Right? You got to know. <laughs> t- you know that's aggressive. Yeah, that's, but otherwise, you'll live in this like kind of semi obedient half of what God has actually called you to in, in like, I don't know if the word selfish, but like storehousey, almost like hoarding to, to protect yourself yeah, rather than giving yeah. in fear. I don't know. Which, so maybe a little bit more practical advice then. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't gotten, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how, what it would look like for me when I'm not looking for moments to be generous, mm. I know I'm being selfish. There you go. That's good. If I don't have a mindset of looking for opportunity mm-hmm. to, to give above what is expected. Yeah. Now in that, there might be a moment where it's, I can say yes or no, but if I'm not looking for those moments, mm-hmm. okay, I'm being selfish with my time. I'm That's good. It. I really like that. Yeah. Be open to it. Yeah. All right. We that was there. time. We got there. <laughs> we, we took some time with time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gotta do that. Sometimes it takes time to get the time to do the time. Okay. I knew he was going to do something <laughs> weird. Hey, right, let's move on to talk about our treasure. And money. Yay. It's my favorite topic. Money. 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 <laughs> um, money. And I think as college students and young adults, like I'll just be honest, this is, I'm 23 and this is the first time I've ever had a full-time job where I actually get paid at least minimum wage. Congratulations. Um, for Welcome. Blue Welcome. residency. Um, where you get paid $2 an hour. It's uh, fine. But like, oh, like as a young adult and as a student in college, like those are your realities. Like you really don't make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so what does it look like for us to not hold our money with white knuckles, but to just lay in open hands? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's that. I like that posture and I like that imagery. If I can take it a step further, it would be lay it with open hands on the altar of God and see what he, what he asked you to do with it. Right. Cause it's some of it's like holding it loosely, but yet it's holding it loosely in a way that turns it all over to God and sees kind of what he gives back to us to continue to be generous with. Um, I, I, I think there's an even greater nuance, right? There is the the lack of financial like capital amongst young people, but then there's, we even sat here and talk about it. Like there is all the precursors of what your upbringing is that brings in. So like you can be someone with 
very little income, but grew up in a rich family. And the way you're going to wrestle with finances and generosity is different Mm -hmm. than the one, the way with someone who has very little income, but grew up in a poor family. Mm -hmm. And the way that your wrestle with generosity is going to be very, very different. And so even the, your quantity in your bank account can be the same, but the way that you go about being generous and what that looks like in your soul Mm -hmm. is going to, it's going to be very nuanced. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes hard in church settings when one speaks to the many on behalf of the mighty, when someone's preaching and they say, hey, this is the standard of giving. This is what we're supposed to do. And they're, and most people who do that are trying to be helpful, mm. but it's hard because it's like everybody's in different seasons and we can get into what the New Testament call of generosity actually yeah. looks like, but it's nuanced. Yeah. Yet again, we come back to this place. Have you discerned from the Father what it looks like for you to be generous and lay it all on the altar? Yeah. I'm trying to think of where to take that. What was the question, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. No, it was so we, good. How do we so not hold on to our money with white knuckles? Yeah. I, you, I, I, for me, it's a, there's got to be a starting point of trusting that I actually have a God who's a provider. Like there is more than enough already. Yeah. So it's not worrying about how much. Again, it's not method. It's all. Oh, there is a God who, so 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, you will have what you need, and because you have what you need, Paul says you will abound in every good work, which is generosity. You will abound. It's not you just will do every good work. It's not that you will just be able to give. It's not that time, treasure, or talent. It's not that you will be able to do it. You'll be able to abound in those good works because God will bless you abundantly with those things, yeah. meaning automatically I have to believe that, oh, I have a God who I can trust that's going to provide. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's how. It's Because when I white-knuckle, I'm saying God God can't, do, can't give me. Mm-hmm. God will not provide for me. Yeah. So I have to hold on to it. And so if I can start with this step of God is a provider who will give you more than you need. And there's a promise too. It's a, it's not, there's a proverb. And then there's some aspects of promise in the New Testament that says when we actually are generous with our money, there's aspects of blessing that we receive. Now, blessing can be defined different ways. Yep. Sometimes that's in more money. I haven't experienced it like that necessarily, but here's how I have experienced that. When God has asked me and Abby to be generous with our money, when he's asked us to give above the the tithe or 10% of what I think of because we're in a season of life where we're able to and what we feel like God's called us to give because we prayed about that and surrendered that. I haven't seen an abundance or blessing in finances, but I've seen an abundance and blessing and we've had to make decisions to cut things out and in the cutting of the things out that we've had to get rid of so we could give more of what God is asking us to give. I've been, I've seen growth in relationship with my family and kids because also in the time I was using towards watching a ton of TV or YouTube or Netflix or these things. All of a sudden we had to cut some things out in order to give that, which what God was calling us to give. I'm able to spend now more time with my kids and I've seen blessing in relationship. So blessing can look different, but there's a promise in that that is just really real. But again, going back to the original idea, like you have to trust that God's going to provide. Yeah. And you got to start practicing generosity by practicing generosity. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Right. Like some people out there are just the, you've never tried it. Yeah. Right? You, you've never really experimented with it. And oftentimes we get to this place where it's, of course, if God spoke to me and asked me to give blank amount of money to this person yeah. in the McDonald's drive through right, I'd do it. Of course I'd do it. Yet part of the process of learning to discern the spirit is to practice learning to discern the spirit in ways of action, mm-hmm. right? So you start to give or you do that thing and you see the way that it responds to your life. <laughs> if you start to live in a way that's generous, you're going to see the places where God is bringing blessing and it's going to bring affirmation to the places you're going to continue yeah. to be generous. Yep. Right? Like I think about when, when I was sitting in, in the church pew and someone talked to me about generosity and I sat there and I was like, man, I, I just don't know. I don't know how to start. I don't know what to, but, but half the battle for me 
was just starting. starting. That's good. Just do it. Start to give somewhere. Start to give something. And then along the way, you're going to figure it out as you continue to pursue obedience. But that initial jump, right, that's a, that's a hard leap. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think it's a, per- a perspective shift, too, in recognizing Absolutely. that God's not asking you to donate a million dollars. Like, he... He asks for the small things mm-hmm. and he's faithful in multiplying it. Yep. And our money, like it doesn't solve every problem, but it's a resource that others can use to meet their needs. Mm-hmm. It's not solving like world hunger. Yep. It's meeting someone's like yeah. grocery bill when they're short $5. Yeah. Like it's, it can be so small, but it gets blown up out of proportion mm-hmm. into something so big. Yeah. Well, and it's big is pl- platformed, right? I think yeah. when you look at, Social media, one of the cool things that's happening now is you can jump on and see these guys who have who have literally made a, a living being generous. You've got Mr. Beast. You've got, I don't even know the other guy's name, but he shows up and he always asks people if he can like have a snack or if they'll loan him $5. And if they say yes, then he like buys them a MacBook and a plane ticket to like Europe. It's like, it, it's crazy yeah. stuff that, yeah. and they get famous because people love these videos. Yet like we see that and that becomes our model of generosity, but we don't see the widow who dumped the coin. Yeah. We don't see the person who gave 10 bucks to the church because that's all they had and that's what they felt like God. That's not what we see, yet that is also faithful generosity. Yeah, that's good. Maybe let's have the conversation turn a bit. So what if I am just incredibly poor at my finances? Maybe it's, I don't know if it's a lack of self-control, but... Um, I'm just spending more than I have mm-hmm. repeatedly. What does it look like for me to kind of hone in my finances so that I can be generous? I'm going to turn this over to you in a second. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you're good at this stuff. Um, I think we do ourselves a disservice to not throw in financial health as a part of holistic health. And in that, Preach. and if, so if I desire holistic health in my life, like legit desire it, right? I've surrendered it. I've asked God, what do you want me to push into? I'm going to, I'm going to seek accountability in it. And so there has to be an aspect of accountability when it comes to financial health, period. And how does that happen, Brennan? <laughs> I, I think back, so so I do a lot of premarital counseling and in the packet that I walk through, there's a page on money and I spend more time than I maybe. So I, I did it with this couple and they came back and they said, why did we spend so much time talking about money? And I was like, okay, I didn't adequately cast vision for why this was important. And I said, the reason we spend so much time about it is because Jesus spent a lot of time on it. And it has this unique stranglehold on our life in a way that very few other things do. Jesus taught about money over 2,000 times, and or he talked about money over 2,000 times in the New Testament. Now, not every single time is that an explicit teaching. Sometimes he's just using it as an example. But even when he's using it as an example, is it because he knows people's ears are perking up because money's the topic. Like every single time Jesus brought it up, there was intentionality in it. He talked about it more than love and prayer. It's, it's crazy the quantity that Jesus talked about money. And so in that, there are a million tips and tricks and conversations and outlets and people who will help you and all these things, I come back to, honestly, there is just some starting work that you have to put in to start to put guidelines and boundaries around where you want your money to go. And if you will start with this small stepping stone that many people will call, don't hate me, a budget, (laughs) that can unlock a world of generosity for you that you can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Because right now, 
you feel like you have this spending problem. You feel like you have this income problem yeah. is what a lot of people, a lot of people don't think they have a spending problem. They think they have an income problem. They think if I had more money, then my spending issues wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But most of the time you have a spending problem, not an income problem. You can live on significantly less than you're currently bringing in for most people, right? It's just how do we begin to tell our money where to go mm -hmm. through budgets, through apps, whatever you choose you want to do. And that's where it's going to be like, oh man, I actually do have a little bit of wiggle room that I didn't imagine where God can push me into generosity. Yeah. I think a part of adopting a biblical mindset towards giving, especially if like that biblical mindset is generosity and this is what God's yeah. called me to, to give abundantly what is expected. So it's a recognizing of what I have. You have to start identifying your fear about money Absolutely. or fear about giving, Yeah, uh, which you mentioned a little bit just with how you grew up will dictate probably mm -hmm. how you view money or, or how you use it. And so biblically identifying fears about what about money mm -hmm. and why you do what you do with it like starting there and then i think yeah budget is the answer yeah and then accountability with it you can't do it by yourself for sure i tried it, it doesn't work no it doesn't uh -uh, <laughs> it doesn't and right it's gonna take a little bit of work yeah but people don't think budgets are right like budgeting or finances like you said they don't see it as spiritual growth or maturity but it is yeah right when when money has a stranglehold on your life when money is stealing your peace when money's stealing your joy yeah Right, we've got a spiritual issue there. The God of peace, the God of love, the God of hope, the God of generosity, yep. the God of joy wants you to experience that. And if money is stealing it from you, it becomes a spiritual enemy. Well, and, and then the other side of that, if I believe everything that I've been given and received is something that has been given to me by God, mm -hmm. I've been asked to then steward that well. Absolutely. And if I'm not stewarding it well, there's a problem. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm saying you need to put budgeting up there with reading your Bible, <laughs> but maybe, like in spiritual, maybe some of you might. But in spiritual disciplines, yeah. is it in the same realm to spend time making sure that your finances are in order, just this way, the same way that you should check to make sure your body's in yeah. order? Why wouldn't I surrender my budget and money to God as much as I surrender my time to mm -hmm. Him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, that was money. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, no thoughts? No thoughts? <laughs> I might tap out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, just, it's, there's, we get so overwhelmed. We get super overwhelmed with it. And I, I tell people. Because money has been the thing in which we have pumped up and overinflated. In culture, because, right, we have this assumption that money will solve all problems. If I have enough, then I'll be fine. Nah. And it's and there's twofold. There is the, the semi-truth, and then there's the lie. There's the semi-truth that our financial system is too complex for most people to understand, right? So when you're talking about savings and investments and retirement and insurance and, and bank accounts yeah, and sure. checking and credit cards and, and budgets, like, a lot of people get paralyzed by just the, the financial system. And then there's the lie that's like, you can't do that. Yeah. It's like, no, you can. You can. You just have to put in a little bit of time and intentionality and you can get some coaches in your life and you can get resources. And right, if you if those are things you're looking for, let us know. Mm, right? The church ha has resources for all of these things to help people find the freedom that they're looking for. And that freedom then can become generosity. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> And I think just this, even in, in finances. Like, She's tried to move no, on. I'm like not going to move from it. I think this is so stinking important. It's like, it is, man. It doesn't matter how much you have because it can still be significant in making kingdom impact. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yep. But yeah, you guys missed our pre show yeah. discussion. Um, but I'll just be honest. Like, talking about money makes me very uncomfy because I feel like there's a list of things I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't do all of them. I can't invest in stocks. I can't invest in a Roth IRA. I can't invest in 8,000 different CDs where I can be earning compound interest. There's so many things we're being told to do. And I just have to rest like in Luke 16, 10 of like, whoever is faithful with little is going to be faithful that's with so much. Good. And one of the things that's been really super helpful in navigating like the anxiety of like, what 
every social media influencer tells me what to do with my money is just praying about it. And John Wesley, like the creator of small groups and like accountability groups, that was one of the questions they would ask themselves is, did I pray about how I use my money today? And I think when I pray about that now, I have to be forced to recognize that, yeah, I did show up to work and I did work when I was at work. But even when that money entered my bank account, it was still a gift from God. Mm, and good. even as a pastor, like I have that money because someone out of their generosity mm, gave to the church so I could pay my rent and live in a heated house yeah. and go to McDonald's for lunch today. <laughs> like, man, the Lord's good. Yeah. That's good. But yeah, just recognizing that, man, look, like if you're faithful with little, you can be faithful with much. Yeah, that's good. All right. Moving on now, for sure. Love it. Um, but wait, 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 wait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, my my heart rate is just like going nuts over here. Emily's gonna have to go change. She's just <laughs> drenched after this. But so we've covered our time. We've covered our treasure. Kind of looking at our talents. What does it look like to use how God has not only gifted us, but the interests and skills that we have? How can we be generous with that? Yeah, I think it starts with defining what you think talent is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we think of physical. Sometimes mm-hmm. too much. And, and, and that's real. Mm-hmm. That's there, right? Mm-hmm. We think of spiritual gifts, which is a part of it. Some of y'all are just stupid smart. <laughs> like like you have intellectual talent given, right? And so like there's an intellectual capacity that you have to be able to help people. So there's some of you are just really crazy good at relationships. Like for some reason, it's easy for you to make friends. Yeah. That's a talent that can be used and should be stewarded well to help people, to be in relation with people, to encourage people, right? So... It's redefining what I think a talent is or isn't and opening my mind to this reality of like there are gifts and things that you are just great at because of how God has created you. Um, I think we're doing the spiritual gifts next week, so we maybe mm-hmm. won't go into that too much right now. But just you are intentionally created with a lot of things that you have the ability to be able to share and steward well yeah. for other people or with other people for God. A question someone taught me once that helped identify talents is they said, what comes naturally to you that other people struggle with? And that can be, it's a fairly simple question. Like what just, what is easy to you that when you talk to other people, it's hard for them, right? And it might be small things, mm-hmm. but those are talents. Yeah. And it's just like that. You have this natural gifting and ability, most likely given by your heavenly father yep. to do something that other people might struggle a bit with. And so then how do you use those to be generous? And it's so unique and different depending well, on what that talent that's is. So good. Um, that's a good question. Right, because you can have the talent of intellect, but yeah. the way that you go about using the yeah. talent of intellect to be generous is probably different than the person mm-hmm. next to you. Yeah. And we come back to the place of discernment mm-hmm. where we say, God, right, you've given me this talent and I lay it back on the yeah, altar to you good. and I'm not going to use it for my own gain or to build my kingdom, but I will use it to build your kingdom and I will do that led by your spirit and empowered by your grace. That's good. My wife is stupid good at small talk. <laughs> She's just like, it is a talent because I hate small talk. Mm. So like that question, like immediately I went there and it's like, it actually is what also makes her an insanely great provider yeah. in medicine. Mm-hmm. She's just really great at it. It's natural. It's easy. It's, yeah. she makes people feel really comfortable with it. So like stuff like that, that's yeah. an example. Like that is a talent and a gift. Mm-hmm. Cause I ain't good at that. No, for I just sure. want, let's talk about all the real serious things right now. And and our <laughs> talents are like, we just, we, we box them into certain yeah. things. It's like, no talents are very wide. Right. Like anything that you just Sometimes it's passion, but sometimes it just, it just comes naturally Mm -hmm. to you and it's push into that. That's good. I think talents might be the thing that we can leverage the most in generosity. We just don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, like she loves to crochet and is really good at it. Yeah. And so she just invites new moms over to her house Mm. to crochet 
and they just sit there and talk and just like hearing the stories of like how people have met Jesus through this, like, Mm -hmm. man, like what if you invited, if you like to run someone to go running with you? Mm -hmm. Like what if you, if you enjoy McDonald's, sat in the mcdonald's <laughs> drive through i can guarantee you you're gonna be there 30 minutes yeah oh, like yeah. quality time there like i think <laughs> so man like we can leverage like those hobbies and those interests and like those skills that we're really good at too mm-hmm. to have that invitation to share with people yeah, yeah. i love that that's great good place to end yeah i like yeah, it that's good we'll, yeah. we'll be back next week with another one talking about spiritual gifts and so we'll kind of build on this talent thing go deeper into it and talk about the biblical side of it but be generous Ask yourself the question, what does it look like to be generous today? That's good. And then see what God puts in your life. See ya. Peace.